hello, Courier Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. Each week, we talk about how to make the most of your business as an independent contractor, as a courier delivering for gig economy apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, and so many others. Well, hey, Courier Nation, what you doing this Sunday? I don't know, maybe you're watching a particular football game that might be playing on Sunday, or maybe you're just going to hang around and watch some commercials. Maybe you're going to go out and make some money. Uh, yeah, I'm always torn. I um, I love watching uh, the Super Bowl. I love watching uh, even the commercials and stuff like that. But I also enjoy making some money, and that's usually a good time to go out and make some money. So I'm probably going to be out on the road. Now, if you didn't catch it or haven't heard it, uh, you can go back. I uh, posted kind of a bonus episode. It doesn't even have an episode number, but uh, just kind of more of a pep talk, kind of an, uh, in honor of the big game coming up Sunday. Anyway, as much as I love football, we're not here today to talk football. We're here to talk about the other thing that is very much on uh, the front of a lot of people's minds right now, and that's this thing called 1099. This is the time of year that uh, Grubhub and Postmates and DoorDash and Uber Eats and everybody else are starting to send out their their tax reports, all of them. And the 1099s are what we are getting when we are independent contractors. So let's talk about that today. Let's talk about, you know, really, I want to just kind of keep it on 1099s. And uh, so this isn't, today isn't so much about taxes in general, you know, and obviously it's going to get into the tax thing. Uh, because this is how you get it all started, I guess, is the money that you made. But it'd be too much to try and cover all of that. And I always go long-winded enough as it is. So we're just going to settle on the 1099 itself. Now, next week, I do have a CPA lined up. And he's a guy that, uh, you know, he runs his own company, his own uh, tax you know business. And he teaches accounting at a local university also. And he does some DoorDash on the side, and I don't know if he does some other delivery also. We'll ask him about that. But we're going to dig a little bit more into taxes with next week's episode there. And uh, so you can kind of look forward to that. But today, let's just talk about the 1099 form. So what is a 1099? You know, I found out the 1099 actually originated back in 1917, and it was actually the original form that companies had to report wages on. But anyway, I've heard some people kind of compare the 1099 by saying, you know, it's kind of like the independent contractor's version of the W-2 form that you get as an employee. Not really. There's some similarities, but it doesn't work the same way. And I'll touch on that here in a moment. But, you know, there's a couple of purposes to the 1099. And one is it's really as much about keeping the business that's paying you honest as it is about keeping you honest. And actually, it kind of serves both purposes. You know, you're already familiar with how important it is to report your expenses, track your expenses, make sure you're capturing all of that. Well, I hope you're you're familiar with that. And if not, you know, you definitely want to tune in next week because we're going to dig into that a lot more. But, you know, the whole idea is that you pay your taxes off of your profits when you're running a business, when you're self-employed. And... Um, you know, and it, it really works the same way then for companies like DoorDash or Postmates or any of those that they could just say, oh, you know what? We just paid this much money out to contractors. Well, the 1099 is essentially it's the IRS's way of saying, okay, well, 
what did you pay and who did you pay? You know, it's a record. And so one, it makes it harder for them just to make up numbers out of thin air. And the other is that then what happens then, Grubhub or DoorDash, they send in this report that says, yeah, we paid this money and we paid it to Ron. And here's his social security number number on there. And now the IRS knows that you made that money. And if you're not reporting the income then, well, they know that there's money that you're not reporting and that can be a problem. So it kind of works both ways. It's, it's so that the business can prove that, yes, they did pay out this money, that this really was an expense, which is a lot of the same thing that we do with our miles. You know, it's, it's an expense that you're reporting. But and the other thing is then is that it tells the IRS that, yes, you did get this money. And so they're going to be looking for that when you file your taxes. And if it's not there, you might get a phone call, you know. Now, I mentioned that it's not really our version of a W-2, though. And that's because it does work a little bit differently. Yes, it's a report of money that they paid, but it's treated differently. And especially it's treated differently when you're doing your taxes. See, on the W-2, and you may be more, a lot more used to a W-2 than you are to a 1099, you know, most of us are. And you get this one form. It's got a lot of different numbers on there, all the money that was withheld for this, that, and the other thing. But there's always one line, and that line gets moved over to your taxes, you know. And and that line is basically the beginning of what you pay your taxes on. That's That's your income. Well, the... 1099 isn't there to report your income. It's to report your business's income. And there's a difference. Okay. The difference is that, you know, really the 1099 is more like a small piece of this bigger puzzle. And essentially, if you're looking for your version of a W-2, it is something that you create. You put together your own, quote, self-employed version of a W-2 And that's called a Schedule C. That is a form that you use to report your income from your 1099. And you report all of your income from all of your 1099s from related work. You know, so I actually do two Schedule Cs. I do one for all of the website stuff that I do. And I do one for the independent contractor work that I do. And so there's there's like two totally different businesses that I record, but they're different enough that I do that. But what you do is, let's say you've got Grubhub and you've got DoorDash and you've got Uber Eats, and uh, maybe you're working for all of them, and you don't have to do a separate Schedule C. You don't have to treat it like there's a separate business for each one. It's more like you are one business and those are three different customers. And so what you're doing, you add up all of your income from your 1099s and you add in other income that maybe didn't show up on the 1099. You put all of your income that your business made on the one side and it's uh, and then you take all of your expenses on another side on that form and you subtract the expenses, it's the money that is left over your profit, that money that is left over after your expenses, that is your taxable amount. That's what you're going to be paying taxes on. And and that's good news. You know, when you get that 1099 and you see that big number and you're kind of like, oh man, I didn't realize I made that much money or, oh, I haven't thought about this. How am I going to pay taxes on that? Well, you can relax a little bit anyway, because you probably don't have to pay taxes on nearly that much money. So that's good news. But, it, you know, see, that's that's what happens with your 1099 is that it goes onto that Schedule C. 
Now, what about a 1099K? Now, I should say, you know, this first one's the ones that we are getting from Grubhub and DoorDash, Postmates, and there's one that you might get from Uber Eats also that's called a 1099MISC, M-I-S-C. Um, that's kind of the normal one, but then there's another one that floats out there. It's called a 1099K. Now, generally, you're only getting the 1099K if you're really serious, if you're really doing a lot. Uh, it is kind of the same, but very, very different. And it it, it kind of comes from different circumstances and different types of backgrounds. Um, but Uber and Lyft and Uber Eats have kind of taken that as a way, um, I don't know, I could I could spend a lot of time on this. I've actually written some articles on it. Look, uh, you can search for lies, damn lies, about the way they use the 1099K. Anyway, that 1099K, it works the same way in that you've got one item that you enter onto your Schedule C. You know, that's that total amount that you received. The idea of it is a little bit different. See, that 1099K is a form that was really created more for kind of more for the person who maybe is just selling stuff and that's how they're making money. So they're not an independent contractor. So they don't have this 1099 that they're getting from the company that they're contracting with or anything like that. Uh, You know, I did this um, a few years ago where I um, flipped a lot of bicycles. I would buy bikes on off of Craigslist and uh, from, you know, um, thrift stores and different things like that, fix them up and either, you know, sell the bikes or um, maybe sell the parts. And I sold a lot of stuff through eBay and I sold enough that I got a 1099K from PayPal. And notice it wasn't from eBay, but it was from PayPal because PayPal was the payment processor. And that's what the 1099K is for. So it's kind of like if you sell something and you get a lot of money that goes through PayPal or you get a lot of money through some merchant, you know, card processing service, once you have more than $20,000 that comes in and more than 200 transactions, they have to send in a 1099K. And it's basically just a way for them, for the IRS to get just kind of a flag to make sure people aren't slipping under the radar with their sales type uh, businesses or something like that, you know, flippers or different things like that. Now, gig companies, they kind of use this. It's, it's more like to create an image. It is more what they are doing. You've heard this from me a few times, and you've probably heard this maybe on the news a lot of times or something like that, where you hear that, uh, you know, Grubhub will say that they are not a delivery company. Uber will say that they're not a transportation company or a delivery company. These companies will say, we are technology companies, and all we are doing is putting people together. You know, we're not actually providing the delivery. What we are doing is putting passengers together with drivers or we're putting restaurants and their customers together with a delivery person. And, and, you know, and and that's that's the idea of what they're saying. Now, this is all stuff that kind of floats around AB5. I'll put a link to that article about that lies and damn lies that I wrote about Uber Eats using that 1099K. It's all to make it look like, you know, the idea being that, Essentially, the idea is, is like the customer is paying you, not Uber Eats or not Uber or not Lyft. It's more like the customer is paying you and then they just take their own cut out of it. So they call themselves a payment processor. 
and it's a sham. It's, it's a lie. And, uh, but you know what, it is what it is. And, and they will report that way. So with some, you're going to get a 1099K maybe, or you won't because that threshold is a lot higher. You got to make $600 from a company to get a 1099. You got to make 20,000 to get a 1099K. So the question becomes, you know, you kind of understand some of those things, what those 1099s are. Well, what happens if I don't get a 1099? Now, there can be a lot of reasons that it hasn't happened. You know, the first one is you just didn't make that much money. And it's going to be especially true with the places that use that 1099K. You know, you've got to make a lot of money before you you get there. But if you didn't make $600 from a particular company, like this year, I did not make $600 from Uber Eats. I just totally left them off the radar And I dabbled with them a little bit after they came out with a new payment plan, but they just don't pay enough to make it worth doing a whole lot with them. So I don't make enough to get a 1099 from Uber, but I still made some money with them. So that that can be a scenario. The thing, though, is as as I record this, it is the 30th. As this goes live, it'll be the 31st. And it just may mean that it just hasn't come yet. Here's the deal is that they've got until the 31st to get those sent out. Now, if they're doing it by email, if they're doing it electronically, they've got to have it in there by the 31st. Uh, If they are sending it out by mail, and a lot of places still do that, I think that, if I remember right, Grubhub did send a hard copy. And so, and I believe Postmates does as well. And so, you know, they can wait until, you know, a few minutes before the post office closes on the 31st before they send it out. And for whatever reason, they all tend to do that. I don't know if it's to give themselves time to process or if it's some passive aggressive game they're playing. I don't know. But it may mean that they just haven't even put it in the mail yet. And if they don't put it in the mail until, you know, tomorrow afternoon, until Friday afternoon, the 31st, it may not get to you until, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of the next week. So there's that case. If if it's uh, been sent by snail mail, snail mail, it's probably going to be a few days before you actually get it. And like I said, if you didn't earn enough, you might not get it. Now, if you are sure that you should be getting it, and let's say a week, week and a half from now, you still haven't received anything, you absolutely want to make sure that uh, um, check with the company. And double check, make sure that they've got the correct contact information. You know, check your spam folders and your email just in case. And, you know, dig through all of your emails and uh, dig through wherever you can dig through online if they've got it available. Uh, Some companies use a company called Payables. I know DoorDash does that. I think that Instacart and Ship do as well. But you want to, you know, you can go online, I know, with Uber. And, uh, and so you want to just double check, make sure that it's not there. If it isn't there, um, if it's something that they're mailing out, you want to make sure that they had the right mailing address. Always a possibility it can get lost in the mail. It doesn't happen that often these days, but it can happen. And so what you want to do though, is as soon as you're really sure that it's not showing up in the mail, and you know, I, I would say maybe by the 10th or something, it should get to you by then at the very latest. Uh, you want to dig into it and make sure that they've got it coming um, because there's a good chance that they had it and it went to the wrong place or something like that, or who knows what happened, but dig into it and find out. Well, what do you do if your 1099 information is wrong? 
And this is a, this is a common problem with DoorDash, especially. I don't see it nearly, nearly, nearly as much with any of the other companies or with all the other companies I know of combined compared to what happens with DoorDash. We'll talk about them a little bit more here in a bit, but the first question you've got to ask yourself is, is it wrong? Is it really wrong? Because here's the deal. I think a lot of people end up doing this very casually, not really paying a whole lot of attention. And especially, you know, okay, you know, you're turning on the uh, instant pay, you're taking out a few bucks here, you're taking out a few bucks there, you're not really adding it up. You're just spending it as you go. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, crap, I made a whole lot more money than I thought I did. That isn't that uncommon. So that's the first thing you want to do is you want to make sure are you did you is it really wrong? And you got to go back through and add it up. Take the time, add it up. Go into your bank records. Do not, and I repeat, do not reply on the earnings report in the app because it can miss a lot of things. It doesn't always report everything. And that's especially true. You notice how we're singling DoorDash out again because DoorDash's uh, records on the app only go back about two or three months. Uh, it's it's inexcusable, but that's DoorDash. You know, that's that's kind of par for the course for them. So do not rely on those, those apps and uh, go through your bank records. Go through, find every deposit and double check and see, was that from the company that you got this wrong on? And add it up, write it down, add it up, double check your addition, all of those things. And then make sure that you're capturing all of the deposits in all of the bank accounts. And why do I say all the bank accounts? That takes me back to instant pay. I think instant pay is a terrible thing personally, but because the thing is, is you are running a business and the problem with the instant pay is and it just makes it harder for you to keep track and it makes it harder for you to save the money you need to save. Just, I can go off on a tangent there and I'm not going to do that. But here's the thing with instant pay is that for a lot of people, you do your instant pay to a debit card or to a different account. And so maybe you went through your bank where your instant pay was, but you didn't go through and double check where they might've done the direct deposits or vice versa. So you got to make sure that you've added everything up. If you add it up, you're absolutely sure you've gone through everything you possibly could have gone through. And it still is very clear that it's very wrong. You've got to contact the company. You contact their support and you say, I need a corrected 1099. This is incorrect. You will either give me a corrected 1099 or you'll give me the documentation that shows how you came up with this number. And do not do anything. Do not file your taxes. You can start running your estimates. You can start you know, getting it ready, but do not file your taxes until you've got confirmation that they did correct that 1099. Because here's the problem is, let's say that uh, DoorDash says that you made $20,000 and you made only 10 and you go ahead and file just because you got to get your money in. Well, now the IRS says, oh, hey, this person actually had $20,000 in income, but he only reported 10. Guess what? You're getting a phone call. And even though you didn't do anything wrong, because of what they misfiled, you've got a major headache on your hands. And so absolutely do not file your taxes until you've got that confirmation. Okay. And hound them if you have to, whatever you got to do to get that corrected 1099. <clears throat> I want to talk real quick about Uber Eats and their 1099 and the 1099 MISCs and the 1099 Ks, because you could get both. You might receive neither. 
what they do is they base their model off of how the rideshare part of things does it. They use that 1099K. They say, okay, this is a, we're doing payment processing. And so, you know, whatever you want to take of that. But what they're doing is with the 1099K, they don't send that out to you unless you made $20,000 or 200 trips. And most of us probably didn't. I, I, certainly didn't. I probably never will unless they change things dramatically. But that's a different story too. I'm getting into a lot of different stories on this. huh? It must be a tax thing. But here's the deal though with that is they also send out a 1099-MISC, which is the normal 1099. And here's why they do it differently. What they do is they track the delivery fees and the customer tips. And those are the parts that add up to, if they add up to $20,000, then they send that uh, the 1099K to you. And then the incentives, the extra fees, you know, so quests are the big one right now for that. Or uh, if you had referral fees, if those all add up to more than $600, then they send you a 1099-MISC, but only with that money. And Uber Eats is the one where you can kind of get into some trouble for not reporting because of that. Because you could make... Ten twenty thousand dollars, and if you didn't have that much in incentives or anything like that, but you didn't have enough to get that ten ninety nine k, you might not get either one of those forms. And if there's something that triggers the IRS's information and you don't report that money, that can create some real problems. And um, or some people might not even realize they've got to report that money, so that can create some problems. So Uber Eats. Is kind of unusual. DoorDash is another issue. DoorDash, DoorDash sucks. Let's <laughs> just say when it comes to their technology, especially, I don't get how a company can be that bad. Do you know what I mean? How do you be the leader in the market and and kind of trending towards the dominant leader in the market and be this bad? And how do you go out there and you claim? to especially the regulators that we are not a delivery company. We're just a technology company that is putting together restaurants and drivers and customers and everything. And we're just kind of the middleman in all of this. We're not really the delivery company. How can you call yourself a technology company when your technology is this bad? It's their app crashing. It is their ratings, you know, their their rating system. It, it locks up or it gets the wrong information. And Every year, you get all sorts of reports that people were getting their 1099s uh, showing way too much money. And every year, you hear of people that had to get corrected 1099s. And it is so, so, so much worse with DoorDash than it is with any of the other companies. So why are they that bad? You know, I don't know if it's incompetence or if it's intentional. I mean, when you look at their technology, incompetence makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, it's, it's like they can't figure out how to make things work together. Part of that, I think, comes back to the way that their technology is structured. I, I have never understood. I don't get why they strip away the earnings records more than a couple, three months. I don't know if it's just that, you know what? You look back to the days when not much more than a year ago, they were they were fighting it out with Postmates for last place out of the four major carriers. And all of a sudden, they blew up. And so is it that they just grew so fast that their technology can't keep up with it? And well, except for, you know what? 
even before that happened, they were only storing two or three months. So I don't think you can make that excuse for them or it doesn't seem plausible. You know, so I don't know if it's something though that they just grew so fast that their technology wouldn't support it. I've seen that kind of thing happen. When I was in telecom, we sold phone systems. We sold these NEC Electra Elite phone systems for smaller businesses. Those things were rock solid, you know? I mean, they just worked and they worked and they were a little clunky as far as trying to get you know, certain features to work or something like that. But the problem was that this was when the technology was really starting to blow up as far as a lot of the things that you could do with telecom and especially with voice over IP. And those phone systems couldn't support that. Uh, the, the software was just like they tried to pack too many features into it. And ultimately, they said, we got to make a change. They bought another company and used their software to power their phone systems. And, uh, and so I wonder if that's the kind of thing happening with DoorDash, that they just outgrew their technology. I don't know. I don't know. There's a certain point where I hope that it's just incompetency, because if it's not, there's something worse and there's something intentional going on, that, that somebody is doing something on purpose. And when it happens this many times, I know the two years that I've been doing it, it's been an issue. I've seen a lot of people that have had that issue, and I've only seen it in DoorDash circles and not in the other places, at least not nearly to the scale that DoorDash has had the problem. And I've heard from a lot of people that have been at this three, four, or five years, and they said it's happened every single year, that a lot of people had to get corrected 1099s. Well, how do you have that happen every year and you don't fix it? I don't know. You know? It's possible that maybe because they don't keep their information up on the app, everybody else does, you know, everybody else keeps all of that data up there and it's, it's all in one system and it's a little more easily accessible. And, and is it something that they just don't, for some reason, track this in any one area and at the end of the year, they have to rebuild it and maybe that's the problem. And if it's not that, then then it, it gets you into something that's probably a little bit worse. And I could probably put on my tinfoil hat about that, you know, that because uh, there's something about when stuff gets overstated in the corporate world. And, you know, when you when their biggest expense is what they're paying out to the drivers. And if there's a report that says that they paid more than what they really paid, Sometimes when that happens, that means something else is getting covered up somewhere else, you know, and I, that's as far as I want to go with that. I, you know, you just, you just wonder if, if there is, is are numbers being hedged somewhere and this is a symptom of it and uh, it's shady, you know, it smells like a rat. It smells like something that could be, you know, the coming of another Enron. I don't know. That is going way overboard. I know totally tinfoil hat thing, but, uh, it, there, something smells like a rat to me. And, and, and I'll just leave it at that. So here's the question. What do you do now that you got your 1099? If you're asking that question, the best answer that I can give you is get a freaking tax pro. Seriously, guys. I mean, if you don't, if you're not familiar with what you're doing, you got to get somebody to help because this is important stuff. And, and I'm going to tell you, don't go to those places that got the, you know, the dancing statues out front or the sign twirlers or any of that stuff. Because usually what they're using is they've got, they hire people that they're just trained to use software, you know, 
And you want people that have got some expertise. You want somebody who understands self-employment, who understands 1099s, but get somebody to help you out. And it's, I know it's, you know, a couple hundred dollars probably, but I know that it's worth it. It is so worth it because what it's going to do is it's going to save you a heck of a lot more than what you're spending to do that, especially with the kind of taxes that we've got to do. Now, what you do when you get that is, Remember that when you see that money that you're getting, and I'm kind of repeating myself a little bit, and I'll go real quick over this, don't panic. Your taxes are not based on that amount that's on your 1099. It is not like your W-2. That 1099 only reflects the business income, not your income, which is, you know, it's kind of a different, it sounds a little weird if you're not used to that kind of a, a scenario or something, but it reflects the money that came into your business, but your income is what's left over after the expenses. So that 1099 and all the others are going to go onto your Schedule C, where you're going to list your income. And on that Schedule C, you're also going to list your expenses. You don't have to itemize deductions to take your business expenses. I've said that before. That's important for you to know. A lot of people don't understand that. So let's say you had $30,000 on all of your 1099s and all of your income, and you had $14,000 in your mileage deductions and everything else. It's the $16,000 that's left over. That is the income that you made. That is the line that you move over from your Schedule C, from your version of your W-2, that you move over to your taxes. And that that's a lot easier to stomach paying taxes on half of that. You know what I mean? So what do you do with income that is not on a 1099? What if you didn't make enough money with uh, one or two of these platforms, especially with Uber Eats? Well, the IRS is going to tell you it's still taxable. Now, how much you want to argue with them, I'm going to leave that up to you. Here's the thing about that. That money, it's, it's a lot like cash tips. It's money that was not reported to the IRS. Technically, you owe money on that. But you've got to make that decision what you do with that information. Now, on one side, some people are going to tell you if the IRS doesn't know about it, you don't report it. You don't have to pay anything on it. I'm going to tell you to be careful with that kind of thinking, okay? There are just things that that set up flags for the IRS to say, oh, you know what? That person should have had some cash tips. How come they're not reporting any? That person should have made some money because of this pattern or that pattern. How come it's not there? And sometimes not reporting it can be a bigger flag than what you do report. And so you just, just got to realize that they look for those kinds of patterns. Now, you know, it's like waiters. IRS knows that wait staff get a lot of cash tips. They've got all the, they've got all the data basically of what they expect that information to be. And there are a lot of waiters and a lot of waitresses that they get nailed every year in audits because that's one of the biggest areas where people neglect to report because they say, oh, you didn't report any cash tips. How come? Oh, we didn't get any or whatever. And it's like, oh, yeah, we know that in this industry, the average is this percentage or something like that. And sometimes they will penalize somebody and they will tax them based on what the averages are. If you haven't kept a record, you're at their mercy. And and the reason that I tell you that story is more about Uber Eats. And especially, I think the real common one is going to be that with Uber Eats, you get a 1099 MISC, you don't get a 1099K. You made enough to get the one, you didn't make enough to get the other. 
But if you get, if you made $600 in incentives and stuff like that with Uber Eats, the odds are really, really, really high that you made at least a few thousand dollars in delivery fees and tips. And if the IRS sees that here's this little MISC one and that pattern's already there, that's the kind of thing they can say, um, how come you're not reporting any more money than what you are with this situation? It's the kind of thing that you just got to be careful about, okay? Now that you've got your 1099s, it's time to get your information together. You get your income. You, you've got that now. Yeah, make sure that you've got all your information on your expenses. Next week, we're going to dig into a little bit more detail on some expenses. And we're going to start putting a lot of things up on the website that help you, I think, find some of the things that you can claim on your expenses. You know, and then you decide, okay, am I going to file now or do I wait till April 15th? Usually for me, if I'm expecting a refund, boy, that, that puppy is getting filed as quickly as I can get it in there. If I think I'm going to owe some money, that, that baby's not getting put in the mail until the very last minute on April 15th, because I'm going to wait as long as I can to have to pay that in. But I really recommend that you do what, even if you're thinking of not filing for a while, start running the numbers, start running the taxes, get an idea, because especially if you've got any kind of fear, I know it's scary to actually find out what it is, but do it now. Run the numbers, run your taxes as well as you can as soon as you've got all the information. Run it as soon as you can so that you know what to expect because you've got two months, you've got two and a half months to prepare for that. You've got time to save up, but you need to know how much you need to do there. That's the thing. You know, late January puts a scare into people and sometimes that number just, yeah, it's it's intimidating. But now it's real, guys, and now it's looming. But you've got time. And it's a good thing that this happens in the end of January, the beginning of February, because you've got time before you have to pay and you have time to prepare for that. That's going to pretty much do it for today's episode. And uh, folks, I want to just thank you again uh, for being part of Courier Nation. And I I encourage you to check out the website at EntreeCourier.com. Keep an eye out on that because we're going to start putting a lot of more specific tax information up there. And um, let me ask you this question. Is the information that you get from this podcast, from the website, any of the stuff that we're doing, is it helpful for you at all in running your delivery business? Because if it is, please share this so that other people could be helped by it as well. In the meantime, folks, one thing that I ask you is never forget this part. Never forget to take control of your career and of your work and of your business. Do not ever, ever, ever forget to be the boss.